rooted in faith, rooted in family, rooted in values, rooted in traditions. Welcome to the Rooted Outdoors podcast. Your hosts, Corey Bauman and Dave Ashworth. Welcome to the Rooted Outdoors podcast. I'm your co-host and the new person that opens the podcast, Dave Ashworth. I'm here with my other co-host, co-founder of Rooted Outdoors, Corey Bauman. Corey, what's What's up, up, man? What is up? What's up? It's been literally years since we did a podcast. I don't know. I I love you opening it, though. I think that's a new thing. Yeah, it felt weird. It felt weird. I'm not gonna lie, but you nailed whatever. it. You yeah. killed it. You I did my best. It. I did my best. Um, yeah. Man, I don't even know what we're talking about tonight. Who's that guy? Um, that guy yeah, I don't know who that guy is. We're gonna talk about him in a second. Um, <laughs> just some random guy. Wait, yeah, is he, yeah, it's just some random. Wait, wait guy. how did he get in here? <laughs> <laughs> um, but dude, I'm give us in a- random meeting. Uh, join meets on Zoom. That's perfect. We're welcome. Yeah, yeah come on in. Come on yeah. in. <laughs> we'll welcome it. We'll welcome it in. So, um, why don't I introduce him first, and then we'll do some quick updates. So, up in the top of the screen here is uh, my buddy Nate Burns, someone that I got to know. Man, I guess it was like the beginning of hunting season, right? It was um, just before it started, I think. Yeah, yeah. He he reached out to me, and and he's been in some of our videos. He reached out and just kind of appreciated what we were doing, wanted to connect and he was local. And um, we went out one afternoon to knock on some doors to see if we could get some properties. And we did, we started hunting together and man, we had a crazy season to say the (laughs) least, Uh, man, a lot to go over with that. Um, But it was a lot of fun. And uh, so Nate's going to be, be helping us kind of push, push the rooted outdoors brand forward. We're going to, we obviously do a lot of hunting together, filming. Uh, so we're just excited just to kind of have him around, just working with us and hunting with us and um, just a brother in Christ. And it's just been been awesome to have him. Um, anything I missed, Nate, that you want to kind of introduce yourself or talk about? Or uh, I mean, one, it's been fun because um, like, like you mentioned, we got together right before the season started. And uh, usually it's one of those things where you talk for a bit and then you go on a date, but we just went on a date right away. So we uh, went out. One way to put it. (laughs) We went out and got properties right away and uh, got the season started. And um, yeah, I mean, this fall has been great, not only the hunting, um, but really being able to grow as brothers in Christ. And I'm sure we'll touch more on it at some point, but. For sure, for sure. Corey. What's up with you, man? Like, just give us like a like a way up fifty thousand foot overview of Dude. like what has been going on because you've had a crazy season and you said it's it might be the most fun season you've ever had. So just give us a quick like, I know you know we had a whole podcast on your yeah. deer hunt, but give us a quick overview of like just what's been going on. So for, for what's going on right now, immediately I have a venison meatloaf in the oven. <laughs> 
And so I'm going to have to get that at some point because it's really close to being done. I don't want to burn my Venice meatloaf. Don't do so that's that. just going to rate the second. But yeah, because of me being able to shoot a deer this year, I have a venison to make a meatloaf, which is there nice. Um, yeah, I was actually doing a little reflecting the other day and you know, sometimes you like look back on seasons too. And like, I know, you know, Dave, you had a very different season than I did this year and, um, it was rough, you know, it was rough kind of, uh, seeing you have some challenges and stuff. And then also being able to just go out and be so blessed to harvest so many different animals. Like I just, you know, got a chance to hunt the Hagerman and then, uh, wasn't successful, but came really close. Uh, and then left there. And then two weeks after the Hagerman, I think it was two weeks after the Hagerman was when I ended up shooting my deer, uh, not too far actually from the Hagerman on public property and, uh, ended up being the biggest deer I've ever shot. Um, probably I'm not hundred percent sure, but probably a Pope and young, uh, qualifying deer, which would be just really cool. And I don't know, I just think it'd be pretty cool, you know, to have a Pope and young plaque on your wall underneath a deer it's just something I never really imagined even even hunting for 30 years and you know the last five years have been crazy after you know you and I had met and stuff and we started to really dive into how to find mature deer and stuff so there's that and then I went into honestly I went into really just to grab my tree stand and I was like well I'm in here I might as well sit it's an, you know a mile and a half in the woods sat first thing in the morning thought maybe I could you know shoot a doe coyote comes by light right at light and uh, I end up shooting this coyote with my bow so I ended up knocking that one off the bucket list then got to go on an amazing white or uh, white tail amazing waterfowl draw hunt so I've never waterfowl hunted Dave I know you've been trying to get me into it for years and uh, I finally got an opportunity to do that so I've been on two waterfowl hunts and ended up last weekend shooting we didn't see, we didn't have a great morning. I mean, it was snowing up here and everything, which you think would be awesome, but we had, excuse me, we had a great time, met some new, new people and met some new friends last week and uh, was able to shoot a hooded merganser, which is a really cool looking duck. And mm -hmm. I wasn't even like, you know, about mounting ducks really. I just was like out there just to have fun. And I'm like, you know what? I told Josh, the guy I went with and Josh is a friend of ours. He's been on our podcast a couple of times. I told him, I said, dude, honestly, I'll, if I shoot a hooded merganser, I'll, I'll mount it. Cause we ended up seeing a bunch of them, uh, when we were on the, the draw hunt, we just didn't get a shot in any of them. And sure enough, we're literally getting ready to wrap up. And I was the one that was like, you know what? I'm cool if we go eat breakfast. And, uh, our new friend, John, who was sitting with us, John's like 30 more minutes, 30 more minutes. So we sat there and 10 minutes later, this hooded merganser comes in, lone duck, right in front of us, comes in cupping, we end up shooting them. And so I have them in my freezer right now. So, awesome. <laughs> you know, it's just been, I look back and I'm like, man, this is like the most successful season I've ever had probably. And, um, and I've had the most fun with it too, which is really cool. Like, you know, I've, I've had challenges, but I've enjoyed every single second of it. And um, I don't know, man, it's just been a good year. And I know it's been, like I said, different year for you. It's been a real challenge and stuff. And man, I can only hope that you have at some point in your life, if you can have at least one of these types of years, man, it's just, it just feels good. So yeah, for sure. things are good, man. I mean, I have, we might, I might go on another waterfowl hunt maybe in a couple of weeks and that'll pretty much be it. And then, um, 
take a, you know, take the break before Turkey starts uh, because we have some, I think we have some good opportunities this year for Turkey, not only in Pennsylvania, but potentially in Texas too. So that's it, man. Just working hard back in the yeah, groove man. and uh, just happy to be back on the podcast for sure. Yeah, me too. Me too. Um, with Nate, of course, happy to be back, be back and have, have Nate with us. For sure. For sure. Um, so Nate, why don't you kind of give us the same thing? Just a quick summary of kind of your season and um, the focus of this podcast um, before I I'll let you go, it, we're going to talk about, some lessons that we learned from last season. Uh, obviously, our all of our seasons were very different, so a lot of lessons learned. And something that I think is really important, uh, specifically for whitetail hunters, is that every single year you should be trying to grow. And um, there goes Corey to get his meatloaf. <laughs> you should be trying to grow and see things that you can do better from last year and tweak things and um, – yeah, I think it's really important. So we're going to talk about some things that we're going to try to improve on for next year. And the hope is that, you know, some of the lessons that we learned, some of the mistakes that we made that people can learn from those, but also some things that we're going to tweak next year that people can learn from those too. But Nate, why don't you kind of just give a quick overview of kind of what your season looked like and, and some things that you're, you're doing now. I know you're still kind of doing a little bit of hunting uh, mm -hmm. as well. Yeah, this season was awesome just because I think it's the first fall that I was actually dedicated to the woods um i've always been a avid outdoorsman but more on the fishing side and doing trout fishing and then a little bit of bass fishing and so um i got into hunting about three or four years ago uh really getting out there to shoot whitetail mostly um and mostly bow hunt so it's been kind of fun because this season was the first time that i was really dedicated to finding deer um, and finding big deer. Um, I've pretty much just hunted people. I know their land. And so it's basically like, Hey, whatever's out in my backyard, like you've got a chance at. So this season was fun just because we did get out and we get some, got some properties. Um, and I got to see several deer, uh, while I was in the stand and actually between a few of the bucks we saw our properties here in Pennsylvania and then potentially the one that I saw down in Maryland, I saw the biggest buck I've ever seen in a stand, which is obviously an exhilarating feeling. Mm -hmm. um, and so that was pretty neat. Uh, and then I got the opportunity to have you in the tree with me when I shot my buck this year, which was, um, I mean, that's a memory that I'm going to hold forever, uh, being able to tell that story. And obviously mm -hmm. we have uh, the story on film, uh, besides the little bit of unfocused. <laughs> oh, you just had to throw that jab in there. Thanks, <laughs> I knew dude. it was coming. <laughs> I knew it was coming too. It, it, we're going <laughs> to hold that forever. But, um, and so I think it was, you know, the most thrilling season that I've had just because I did have that opportunity. I got to self film, uh, my first, it was a doe, but I got to do it myself and have that on camera, which was really cool. Um, but I think what I've learned the most this year is being able to prepare yourself, um, especially as a self-filmer, uh, but being able to prepare the opportunities you have. So if I'm going into a hunt, knowing the wind, knowing where I'm going, kind of having an understanding of where the deer are coming from or where they might be moving, um, the times of year. Because like I said before, for me, it was just, I feel like hunting today, I'm calling up so-and-so and I'm going to the backyard. I didn't really have, I had a 
somewhat of an understanding, but not as much as I was trying to get into it this year. Um, and, and so it was fun being able to hunt with you guys uh, because, you know, you put your mind together and your experience and then my little experience and knowledge of just watching YouTube um, and listening to podcasts. And so, uh, but yeah, kind of an overview, got out a lot. I'm trying to get maybe one more hunt. Um, I've, I've really gotten into this spot and stalk thing a little bit here in the last few weeks. Like I'm a little tired of sitting in the stand. So um, just getting out and finding tracks, maybe find a deer. And then the hard part right now is actually putting on the stalk. I've gotten within it probably 60 yards two or three times now. And then I, yeah, I, I guess. Sorry. It's but tough, man. Sorry. It is tough. It's very tough. So, yeah, that's a little update. Nice. Nice. Man, you guys have had some good seasons. <laughs> well, so, I mean, we are going around the horn right now. So, <laughs> you're up, dude. You're yeah. up. It was a rough year for me. Um, it was a rough year, but I'm also – I am i don't want to get into too much of this yet, but I'm also heading into next year probably probably more excited than I've been to go into a season ever. Um, just because I feel like I've been stagnant for a while with the, the things that I've been doing, like trying to fix small things, trying to do little things, and I feel like I've been missing the boat, and we can talk about that a little bit. Um, but I'm just really excited for next year. So the season started for me, not on a great foot because, um, I didn't really have any properties around here. Like it was September. I had the farm. Like I kind of always have the farm to hunt, but I didn't have anywhere around here. Like I had a couple spots that other guys were hunting a couple small acres. And so like just nothing was really happening. Um, and I was putting basically all my time and effort into the farm, which is just not a bad thing. Um, but it's also an hour and 45 minutes away. So I love being able to go out around here and hunt and, and go out, you know, at, at three o'clock and get in a tree by three 30. Like that's, that's nice. Um, so then I, you know, got connected with Nate. We found some properties around here and I wasn't sure what the properties were like. I know there's big deer around here, but I just had no idea, um, really, really what they were like. Um, hunted the farm some in the earlier season, wasn't having a ton of luck. I saw some deer, um, but, but nothing that I was looking for. Started hunting around here a little bit with Nate. Um, and we were seeing some deer, like we were seeing bucks pretty much every time we went out. Uh, and then I guess it was late October. It was just a random day and, and we split up and we were going to two separate spots and we were talking and, um, it was a spot that I'd never hunted before. Um, we, I'd never even walked the property before. Mm -hmm. Um, and I went in there and was sitting and, um, ended up shooting the, it's probably the biggest deer. Maybe not. It was one of the biggest deer I've ever seen. It was definitely the biggest deer that I've had in bow range, um, and was able to, to shoot. Ended up tracking it the next day. I uh, had a guy come in with a dog to track it, which is, which is allowed now in Pennsylvania, which that was actually really cool. Um, but didn't end up finding it. Um, and that was just tough. That was just really tough, um, to go through that whole thing, having thoughts of like, like, is this something that I even should be doing anymore? Like, am I just wasting my time like hunting? And, and like, th those are just legitimate thoughts that I was having. Like, should I just stop 
investing all this time and money and energy into this. Like that was thoughts I was having. So that was tough. Um, at, after that, I, I hunted the farm a bunch, man. I had some hunts there that I felt like everything lined up. Like I had the wind, I had probably an hour hike in crossing the Creek twice in my waders and all my gear in the morning. And like, I thought everything was perfect. And I literally didn't see a deer like that happened a couple times, like sitting all day. And like, that was just wearing on me. So it was really hard. It was really hard. Um, but I feel like I learned a lot this year and we'll get into that. And mm -hmm. like I said, I'm just, every year is different. Um, I did get to, you know, put an arrow in the biggest deer that, you know, I've ever got a chance to, to shoot. And unfortunately it didn't work out. Um, but there's still some success in that, that, has been hard to find, to be honest, um, but it is there. And then you guys have both, you know, reminded me countless times of the success that there is just in being able to do that. So just trying to pull positives out and, and then, you know, in the failures, learn from those and, and just become a better hunter. So rough year for me, but uh, we'll be back next year for sure. Better than ever. So. I mean, shed season is right around the corner i love so shed season <laughs> yeah we were out walking today actually nate and i yeah. um we went yeah went That's for a good. little walk and we it's never good shed hunting when you see four buck that have both antlers so yeah you're probably <laughs> not gonna good. get that far not good so but it was good it was good good to get out that's cool. I keep telling him we're gonna find the 140 shed of his buck man. that he hit and then next good. year you can have the second chance at it so yeah. It's a good possibility that if he's alive, you know, he, you will find it. Right. Cause it's not that big of a track and it's not, I mean, he could have been, he could be on the other private track too, but like, yeah, it's possible. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Um, well, why don't we, why don't we kind of get into what we wanted to talk about today? I think it's a, a really good way for us to kind of reflect and learn but also for people to hear like some of the mistakes that we made, some of the things that we learned this year ourselves is a good way for other people to learn too. So mm -hmm. um, I think it'd be cool to kind of talk about like some of the biggest lessons that we learned this year. Yeah. Um, I think a cool thing to do would be to do like one hunting one each, Okay. but then also one, like, I don't know how to describe it, like non hunting. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Like something you learn from hunting season, but that's like not like how uh -huh. to kill like a buck. Yep. Um, mm -hmm. So, so let's just start with the hunting side of things. So who wants to who wants to kick us off with a lesson learned? I'll uh, so a lot of my lessons were learned at the Hagerman because mm -hmm. not to get into super detail about that because we did a whole podcast about it, but like it was just a really challenging place to hunt. The terrain was pretty challenging um you know it, it was just i don't know it was just different you know it's very it's vast land and um the deer were different because they weren't pressured and so i made a lot of mistakes because i was thinking opposite of what it actually was you know I'm, in my mind i'm thinking well these deer aren't pressured so it's going to be pretty easy to get in there on them right and they're not they're not going to be as alarmed well the problem was is that because because they weren't pressured, they weren't used to human scent, which is really what I wasn't thinking. And so 
man, I got blown at by deer more, more in two days than literally I've been blown at in years since, since I really started like paying attention to wind and scent control. And man, it was like, it was laughable. I mean, I have, you know, I'm working on putting together like a, a little rap and short video on it. And I'm listening to like some of these clips and I've, I've got multiple clips of deer snorting at me. and it became laughable because I mean, there'd be times where I'd just be sitting there literally doing nothing and I had the wind in my face and there'd be a deer snorting like hundred yards away. And I'm like, yeah. and there's not that many guys in there. So, you know, I mean, I guess it was just reinforced that, you know, that they're just such amazing animals and they're so instinctive and they, and they really do know when there's something not, not right in their area. Like the one joke was, you know, I had a deer cart cause I'm pretty far back in there and I had a deer cart laying out by like a, um, it's kind of like a pipeline, like a, a power line, I guess you would say. And it was kind of out of the way, but it was still laying there. It wasn't completely covered up in brush or anything. And I had several deer, several groups of deer come in and dude, spot that thing. And I, and I didn't even catch on in the beginning. And I'm like, man, what is that doe looking at? And then she'd get alert. And then I, I realized after like it happened a couple of times that they were in there grazing and stuff and they would look over and see my deer cart like 80 yards away they'd see it and you can tell because they would like kind of walk towards it yeah and i would say the biggest thing i learned honestly is just to be so like nate you're talking about um uh spot and stalk um mm -hmm. one of the biggest mistakes i made was like i grew up tree tree stand hunting and i still even in texas it's a lot tougher to tree stand hunt in some instances i still like force myself to jump in a tree because that's what I'm used to. I, I just haven't ground hunted. I don't have a lot of confidence in it. And so I hung my muddy set probably 10 feet up in this tree that I shouldn't have been in. And the first day I didn't really know, but I got busted a couple times. I'm just, you know, I'm almost at like eye level with these deer and it's pretty thick in there, not a lot of shooting lanes. And I got busted the first day and I thought to myself, man, if you, Corey, if you can get on the ground the next morning, the deer were, I knew the deer were filtering back into this bedding area. Like you can get your deer, you can get your doe on the ground. You can definitely get a good opportunity. And I fought it off and I was like, you know what? Nope. I'm going to, I'm going to go back into the stand. And that morning, the second morning I had a doe come in that I could have shot if I was on the ground, like no doubt if I was yeah. on the ground, I would have shot her. And she saw me, I bumped the tree, I bumped my bow against the tree arm, uh, the camera arm. And there they go. And I had multiple opportunities that morning. I mean, I had like four or five different times where I could have drawn back on, on, on doe that morning. And because I was in a tree, I couldn't get it done. Yeah. Um, so from now on, it's just to be mobile. Um, mm. And, and then the second one, I'll let, I'll let you guys go next. Yeah. Like I'm yep. like hog, no, you're good. You're good. Get, do it. The next one would be um, when I ended up killing my deer this year, one of the things I did that I've never, that I probably wouldn't have done before is really get aggressive with movement during a sit. So my goal was to sit all day. I don't know that I've, my goal has ever been, if I'm going to sit all day to ever really get up and move. And what happened was, is I, I had several deer walk just, just outside this kind of thick bedding area that I was just out of range. I mean, it was like 65 yards from where I was sitting and I saw several deer do it. It's about 1030 in the morning. I'm like, man, I mean, I can either sit here and hope one comes by or I can move to where the deer, where I've been seeing the deer. And it just, I just normally wouldn't have done that. Now, maybe you guys would have, but like, I just wouldn't have. And I made the, I made the decision. I'm going to tear down my stand. 
and I've gotten pretty good at, you know, tearing down the muddy stat because it's, it's just rep- repetition and I'm yeah. pretty good at it. Like I can do it yeah. pretty quick yeah. and it still I can takes, get it up. It still takes time though. And like in your, I know for me, like in my head is like, well, I know as soon as I get on the ground, then the deer is going to come in. It's like, yep. And that's exactly it. And you're, and you know that like there's eyes around you that you don't see, right? Like there's somewhere possible. There's a deer bedded. As soon as you get to the ground, it's over and it could ruin the whole day. Yeah. And, but I was like, you know what? I thought about it in my head. I'm like, I can do this. I got to do it now. And if I'm going to do it, I got to do it. So I did, I, I ripped everything down and I only moved 80 yards or something like that over to an area where I thought like was in a better position, ate my lunch, you know, got settled in, ate my lunch. And it's funny, even at like one o'clock, I was contemplating getting down and doing some scouting because it was just slow. And even though we know that it can happen just like that, you still, when you're sitting all day, you're by yourself, you know, there's things that Rough. go through your head, you know, you like almost convince yourself that you should go do something else. Right. Yeah. Yep. So I decided to stay and ended up shooting my deer at well, like 115, 110, 115. And mm-hmm. if I would have gotten down, I would have never seen it. If I wouldn't have moved, I would not have gotten a shot at that deer. I'm convinced because the way he was heading, um, he was heading away from where my other stand was. Um, so just be mobile. Uh, don't be afraid to do things that are out of the ordinary that we might think or, you know, get out of your routine. And then they say, get out of your comfort zone. Um, Cause sometimes doing something crazy and wild that you might think is crazy and wild is the thing that gets it done for you. So right. All right. that's it, man. It's good. That, those good. are my lessons from the year. Yeah. Yeah. How about you, Nate? I think that's a good, actually, I like what you kind of finished off with there because that was one of my biggest things that I was learning this year. Cause at first um, I was basically like, all right, let's get in there. Let's find a tree and let's just sit. Let's just wait it out. Let's sit. And I think in certain times of the year that can be effective, um, especially if you're just going for a morning or an afternoon, like the rut season mm-hmm. might be a little more effective that way. But what I learned, and I actually figured this out because the one day I went down into Maryland and I car- carried my stand with me, um, but I had the idea of like being flexible at the same time. Well, what ended up happening for three hours, I'm just chugging around 70 pounds of gear and sweating (laughs) my tail off and I'm thinking you know like what am I doing um and so I think one of the biggest things I was learning is just be flexible but also kind of be disciplined in what you're doing so having a plan okay right away I mean I'm doing this um and it might happen where you go in and you kick some deer out or you might see a little movement but you have to think too, deer have patterns to where they might be coming back to that spot. So if I'm walking in with a stand or I have the stand in, I'm thinking I'm sitting in the stand, being able to do that. So what I found is like mornings, I'm going to sit. But then if I'm not seeing movement, like that's where you said, like I just had this inkling to go somewhere else. And for me, that's where I learned like, okay, instead of just like taking 30 extra minutes to look for the perfect tree or to do, like get down and be mobile. Um, and so that's why I've kind of gotten into this, this spot and stalk here late in the season. Um, one, because I mean, you kind of have to go find the deer right now, but, um, being able to have that flexibility. And for me, it's a little bit of learning movement patterns and, and seeing where deer are right now. Cause I'm not as experienced, but, um, being able to be flexible is a big deal. And I think, you know, a lot of people, kind of just go with a gut feeling of like, oh, I'm not seeing deer, so I'm just I'm just going to move. There's still a plan to it. And so a lot of times what I did this year is 
I knew generally where the bedding areas were and where the travel patterns were. And so what I would try and do is intersect, you know, a travel pattern to a late feeding area or a late bedding area. Um, that way I wasn't going in completely blind. Um, and it really worked out for the most part. Now, sometimes they may have gone 20 or 30 yards, you know, down the tree line or, or up the path or whatever than what I was expecting. But, um, I, I mean, I didn't have many sits where I wasn't seeing deer this year. And I think that's because I was able to put myself in the position to see deer. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, it was interesting because I, I hunted, you know, one or two acre plots. I hunted public land. Um, I figured out in Maryland, the likelihood of seeing people on horses <laughs> very high and they're going to come right under your stand and you're going to see a lot of that. Yeah. But you know, as much as that discouraged me in those times, five minutes later, I'd see deer or 10 minutes yep. later, I'd see deer. And so again, um, that's where the discipline part comes in is because every hunter is going to have that day where they're going in and they're thinking, this isn't the spot. Yep. Right. And, and oftentimes it's five minutes after daylight. <laughs> like yep. we're, we've, yep. we've been sitting there for two hours in the dark. We're already thinking, no, nah, this isn't it. This yep. is yep. like, you have a whole morning, man. Um, so go in and be disciplined, but then have, have that flexibility of, Hey, if you're going to be mobile, but again, have a little bit of a plan when it comes to it. Right. You're not, you're not sure. just chugging I, around. I think too, like to your point, um, what you're saying, you know, like it's, it's hard too, because, you know, like when I mean, we all watch a lot of YouTube videos and stuff like that, it's hard to not sit there and go, well, this isn't what I'm supposed to do because so-and-so, so-and-so hunts this way or whatever the way you were brought up sometimes too. And I think, you know, going with your gut, like you said, and just going with your gut sometimes and not listening to anything else, just going with what feels right at the moment is the key to it. And you're going to make mistakes by doing that. I mean, I know I told Dave last year, man, I couldn't find a deer in Texas. Like I literally could not find a deer. And one day I was like, Dave, He's like, what's your plan for tomorrow? And I was like, honestly, dude, I'm going to literally walk until I bump deer. Like I didn't, I get to find deer and I did. And I ended up having a pretty decent morning. And that's kind of like my thing. Like I don't worry about bumping deer anymore as much. I mean, yeah, there, like you gotta, obviously there's times where you gotta be careful. Like if you're bumping deer and when you're hunting and all that stuff, but like, I'm not as concerned to your point. You know, I think a lot of guys think their whole hunt, their whole hunts ruined by like one moment. And it, it's not the case. Right. Yeah. It's good. It's good. Yeah. I mean, for me, it's very similar to you guys. I, I think the biggest thing, I have a couple smaller things, but the biggest thing is the mobile thing. Um, specifically at the farm, you know, I, I have a lot of, of stands set out there and I felt like a lot of times this year I was just using them as a crutch cause it's easier. Uh, it's easy to get in a stand that's already hung. And I really didn't think on a lot of them that, you know, I, I kind of built up in my head like, oh, well, this can happen or this could happen. And, and some of that could have been true, mm. but I needed to get mobile and like get to where the deer were instead of like trying to let them come to me. Um, just yeah. be more aggressive, like get in there, be mobile and go find them. Um, because, you know, we, we have, you know, some cell cams that we run there. We weren't really seeing them on the cell cams that much. Um, and the sign, like there was some sign, but 
wherever we were, like we just weren't where they were. And like to keep doing the same thing over and over again was, was just a mistake. Um, and so, you know, and, and I've had, you know, those sits where it's like, you know, this, this spot isn't it and it just isn't it. Yeah. And uh, I think moving forward, like in the past, it's okay, well, I'm here, like, I'm just going to sit here. But, you know, if I get to a spot like moving forward and it's, you know, 30 minutes into daylight and I'm like, this isn't it, like, I'm out of there. Like, if, if you really don't believe in the spot you're sitting in, why would you continue to sit there? It doesn't make any sense. Like right. I'll go like scout or do something else. That's a way better use of my time. Um, so being mobile is huge. And um, two more things. One, I think that uh, trying to find where Buck's bed is to me is, is like the most important thing for me at this point. Like I need to know where they're betting and then I can, I can figure everything else out. If you don't know where those bucks are betting, you're you're kind of just hoping that they come through an area like yeah pinch points are great like you can kill deer there especially during the rut or deer like to cruise certain areas during the rut um but you're kind of just hoping that they come by and if you can find their bed and you can go after them in their bedroom like you're you're in charge then at that point you're not hoping for them to do something so so that's a big thing uh and then the last thing for me was and i can't really I don't have anything like that I can quantify this by and prove this, but um, being quiet, setting up and getting into the tree, I think is a big deal. Um, you know, when you're in the woods, like deer aren't used to like a metal clanking on metal. Like they just know that that shouldn't be there. Mm -hmm. um, and so I tried to do a better job this year of like being more like silent and stealthy and I know I could have done better, um, but I did try to do that more this year, and that's something that I'm definitely going to try to improve on. Because so I just think it's a big deal. Uh, I think it's a really big deal is is not alerting deer that, like, you're here, you're coming in. Like, we have enough other things to worry about with, mm -hmm. like, them seeing you and the wind. And, like, you know, if you're careful and you do things right and, you know, you can prevent a lot of the, the noises that would scare deer away. Um, mm -hmm. So just being silent, more stealthy was, was, a, I feel like another lesson that I learned and it probably not doing it well enough probably cost me multiple times this year that I just didn't even know. So, yeah. And on, on the gear trend, um, I can't stress enough how important it is to be efficient with your gear. And I know that's like easy to say, cause you want to get in and you want to get out. Mm -hmm. But for me, especially being a beginner with self-filming, I was carrying around a lot of gear this year. And I don't mind that. Like, for me, I kind of consider it as a workout. So, like, I don't have to get in the gym. I'm just carrying around a lot of weight in the woods. But I felt a difference from beginning of the season to the end of the season. Toward, like, at the end of the season, I was like, I'm tired of carrying this backpack. Like, and, and that goes into, okay, am I carrying the lightest gear? Am I efficiently packing to where like that extra, um, whatever it is, like, I don't need that. Cause for me, I like going in light. I'm like, well, I'll throw three sweatshirts in because Hey, maybe I'll get to that third one. <laughs> now, like trying to be as efficient as possible. Um, for sure. because it, and even when you get back to the truck, then after the hunt, making sure you put things back properly because you know, it, what it'll do is it kind of takes a toll on you when 
if you just throw something in the truck and then the next day you're looking at it like, man, I got to get like, take that extra five minutes, just put things away the right way, do it. So when you put it back, it's going in or or it's going to be how you want to take it back out then. Yeah. Like for me, I always have my camera arm and the uh, strap that I put it to the tree on up top because I know once I get my tree, like that's the loudest thing. So I want to get that taken care of right away. Um, And then usually it's, it's the rest that I'm going to put my bow on that way. I kind of get gear out of the way, but being efficient with that stuff is very important. And I think Mm -hmm. too, I think one of the things that is tough for hunters is taking that leap to get good gear as far as whether it's a, a nice backpack and some of the price tags are the reason we stay away from that stuff. But what you have to understand is it is going to make you a better hunter. Um, and you don't have to go necessarily Sitka or whatever. And, and I mean, I've seen Dave with the Sitka stuff and quite frankly, he's a lot more efficient than I am. But, um, so their stuff is really good, but you know, while it might have a price tag on, if you want to be a good hunter and an efficient hunter, it's worth getting that stuff. Um, because like I said, from September to December, I could feel the toll it was taking on my body. Um, which kind of took away from the experience of the hunt sometimes. And that's why I think too, I got into the spot and stock because right now I'm carrying a camera in my bow. <laughs> like <laughs> that's it. Yeah. But, makes sense. Yeah. Any, I, I couldn't agree more like things that can deter you from doing what you think you should be doing and where you think you should be. Like if I think I should be in this spot, cause that's where the buck is that I want to kill but there's something that's deterring me from doing that. Like that's an, that's an issue. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's like, like my pack is too heavy. So I'm not going to go into this spot to go after this buck, even though that's where I know I should be. Like for me, like crossing this Creek at the farm, like that deters me a lot, but I need to find a way to get over that because if I need to be over on that side, like that's where I need to be. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's a big deal. I think it's a big deal. Um, and the, organi- the organization piece too, while you're huge. You know, like I think of think about how we joke around every year about the first the first hunt, like you're not going to bust off, right? But like, there's nothing worse than getting in the stand. And I don't know how you guys are, and maybe this is a personal preference, but like I am. So for safety, I do use a light, right, a headlamp. But I, I've gotten like pretty good at being able to set up in the dark, like. Yeah. Sure. Once I get into the stand, I need to know kind of where everything's at. You know what I mean? Like if I go to my back, my pack, I know on the left-hand side is my range finder. And if it's not there, <laughs> not only, not only do you start to rush to get set up, you get out of your, your routine, you make more noise. Cause then you're yep. looking for something. Yep. And that, like, that's how that first or second hunt is, dude. You're just like, you're like, why is my camera arm on the bottom my camera's on the top and you're like trying to like move stuff around it's like the worst so to your point having good gear that actually creates good organization um, is the key to it um and yeah you don't have to spend like six million dollars on sick of stuff like dave does you can get the badland stuff (laughs) cheaper no sick i have sick of stuff too it's awesome awesome stuff but yeah i just think it's very important because there was one hunt this year that completely kind of changed the way I packed and I took my backpack off. I put my bow down. I was hot and sweaty and I always put my wrist sling and I attach it to my bow. Well, for this day, I was just too lazy and I stuck it up in my passenger seat and I thought I'll remember it. 
right? Yeah. So I get next day, go up, mm-hmm. get set up, and I'm like, dude, let's go. Like, it was an hour and a half before light. Like, I was set up. We were going to shoot a deer today. And about 30 minutes before, I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to throw the arrow in. And I'm feeling for my wrist sling. And I'm like, what is it? You've got to be kidding me. <laughs> then I have to chug all the way back down the hill and then come back up. And I think I remember Dave texting me. He's like, like you set up, you get it. And I'm like, dude, no. Like I, I had to go down. I had to get the sling. And then, I mean, that ruined like, my first hour because I'm just sitting yeah. there. There's no way I'm seeing a deer. I'm sweating. Yep. Like, yes. Yeah. And so, like, that extra three minutes or five minutes or whatever it is to either pack or when you get down to just make sure things are there, you know, you're ready. That's so important. And I think that's highly looked over sometimes. I couldn't agree more. Couldn't and agree and more. the most important pieces you got. Oh, here we go. You got to know where your snacks are. Because if you don't know where your snacks are in your bag, <laughs> you're done. You're, you're going you're gonna to die in the tree stand. That ha- that's are. happened to people with no snacks. Yeah, I've heard that. I've heard that. <laughs> It's true. You got to have a good snack pocket. Oh, yeah. I have a I have a whole pocket dedicated to snacks. Yeah. Um, and make sure it's full every time. Yeah. With yeah. a variety because you don't want to get stuck Definitely. with with the same Definitely. boring old snacks. Like switch it up. That. Be yeah. a, like be a master snacker. Like yeah. just one one last okay. tip. One last tip. So something that Corey and I did this year because a lot of people go like peanut butter and jelly, right? Yeah. Like turkey sandwich, like just some bread and which, turkey. Which, by the way, is it's okay. not bad. It's They're good. okay. But if you want to take your game to the next level, which we did this year multiple times. Yes. You go full-blown homemade hoagie. Yes. Full-blown with wow. everything on it. Yes. Sweet mm-hmm. peppers, lettuce, mayo. Yep. Put it on the morning, not the yep. night before. No. Get your roll soggy. Yeah. Full-blown, <laughs> all the condiments. You'll be seeing more yeah. deer. You talk about spending a couple extra minutes. Like, get up if you if you can get up an extra two hours earlier and make yeah. yourself some good lunch. Because hundred percent, it's worth it. Yeah, I mean, worth it. Yeah, you got to have it, and we're you got to be disciplined to make sure that you have enough food. I mean, we went. Let's see, I'm pretty sure we went double hoagies every we single did. day we hunted. We did. Yeah, we did. We didn't That's see one. We didn't see one deer, but man, we ate good. That's why we're both fat right now. But <laughs> um, yeah. all right, so. Those were kind of our, our hunting lessons from hunting season. Um, let's talk about lessons from the season, like not related to hunting, but that you learned from the hunting season, if that makes sense. Um, I think there's a lot of lessons, like light, life lesson, I guess you could call it, like a life lesson um, from the hunting season, something that, that you learned. Um, so whoever wants to start, dive in. I think I can kick us off with this one. Um, I think the biggest thing that I learned this year is I think because we're very challenged to go after the biggest deer um, and go after the trophy, but I think the biggest thing for me was just making the story um, and creating, you know, that atmosphere that it's fun and it's always going to be fun. And and there's going to be the days where we're in there and it's cold and um, we're not enjoying it as much because we're, we're freezing our butts off, but um, I think the biggest thing I was focusing on this year is just the opportunity, one, to be able to be in the woods, to be able to experience God's creation, um, and having that mind of I'm always learning something and I'm always experiencing something new. Because I might see a deer come in front of me, and the next day a deer does the same thing, but is it as cool that second day? Well, for me this year it was. Because, you know, you're not 
always given the opportunity to do what we do. Um, and so even when it came to, you know, being able to film and when we got uh, my buck, the vibe and the feeling of being able to watch that, it's not your biggest buck. I mean, it, it might be, you know, in the teens um, if it's lucky, but it, it was just how it happened. So we called the deer in and it came in and it's just that whole scene of like, we built that up and we made it happen. Mm. And then we got to harvest the deer. Um, because I think oftentimes it, it becomes a numbers thing. Like, how's this going to look on the wall? How is this going to, you know, what's the story of this? And I think, you know, we kind of overlook the factor of, are we having fun? Right. And, and I, I, I coach college baseball and I talk to my guys the same way as I want to make you a good baseball player, right? I, I want you to peak as high as we can go, but what are the lessons you're learning from it? You know, when we get in the woods, we want to shoot the biggest deer, but what, what are we taking away from that hunt? Yep. Am I thinking about the missed opportunity or am I thinking about, man, it's going to look great on my wall. Or am I thinking about that was the time that I got to be able to get out in the woods and I learned this and it made me a better man because one right now I'm becoming more patient or I'm becoming, you know, I don't know, whatever your scenario is. Um, because every time we get in the woods, I think there's something that we can take away from it. And, yeah. you know, I encourage anybody to look at hunting um, as an opportunity to be able to learn and be able to have silence. And for me, I mean, I don't think I drove home once not thanking the Lord for that opportunity. Whether it was one deer, whether it's no deer, whether it's a lot of deer, um, I, I just think there's lessons that you can learn in that quiet time. But, That's good. Good, yeah. man. Corey, you want to go? Man, I, I feel <laughs> like I feel like you were on the same hunt I was, man. I mean, honestly, like I, I feel like and we haven't even really talked about this, but that's very similar to kind of my experience at the Hagerman. You know, like Nate, like you and I haven't really talked about it, but you know, I spent a good portion of the summer, you know, pretty much every Saturday or every Sunday I could possibly get out there and probably walked, um, my gosh, I mean, 75 miles probably like scouting that place. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the cool thing was, is like, I think I've matured in a point matured as a hunter to the point where like, if I feel like if I would have hunted the Hagerman 10 years ago, it would have just been a completely different experience. But this time, you know, because um, because I do take min a minute to stop and smell the roses, you know, that kind of thing, like, I enjoyed like every second of it, you know, and not once that I ever feel a pressure to, to shoot deer. You know, I ended up seeing the biggest deer of my life that I think actually was bigger than the one I ended up shooting later on that, you know, a couple weeks later, but just, I was able to like, I, I remember sitting, sitting there in the stand the first morning and I was in like super early. Cause you know, I wanted to get in there and it was cold and, and it was, there was frost on the ground and it was like one of those nights where there's no moon. So it was like pitch black and just to be in this like amazing place. And, you know, I could hear coyotes. Um, you, you could then, I could, there was owls going off everywhere, dude. It was like the most amazing thing. And, you could see, I felt like you could see every star in the sky. And I just remember 
I remember sitting there as it was starting to get light and like having some of the best prayer like I've ever had in my life, you know, and just praying mm -hmm. and just being so grateful and like, you know, felt like I should have been on my knees if I could have. And I, I was in a tree stand, so I couldn't, but like, I felt like, do you ever feel that moment where you just like want to drop down yeah. and go, my gosh, like, yeah. I don't deserve this, you know? Yeah. And the whole hunt was like that, you know, and I, and I walked away and I remember texting a picture of the sunset as I left the stand, you know, there was a moment where in the, the afternoon of the last day, I sat down and ate my lunch on the ground. Like, I don't even know why I sat down where I sat down. I just like, kind of like put my stuff down and there was a Creek there and I sat down and ate my lunch and just kind of was reflecting on a bunch of stuff. And, um, I left there and I like took a picture of the sunset. And as I was leaving, like, I just felt so full and I didn't kill a deer. Like I, I did miss a doe there and stuff like that, but never once was I like disappointed that I missed this doe, um, to the point where like it, I was beating myself up, you know? And while I understood it, like, I felt like I, I was so full. And then even the rest of the season, even if I killed a deer, I didn't, it wouldn't even been a big deal to me. Like I wanted to go out and hunt some more and stuff, but it was like, so cool. And then when I killed my deer, it was almost more evident that like, God was just, just the whole Hagerman experience mm -hmm. was never really meant to kill a deer. Like it just wasn't. And I left there and I was like, man, this is a place where I might never get back here ever again because it's such a unique place that you the only it's private like you can't even go you can't go onto the property unless you have a tag to hunt it and it's basically private property owned by the government and you know there's a good chance i'll never get drawn ever again for that hunt so it's like you get to experience it and then you leave and it's like man i'll never i might never mm -hmm. go back here so it was just it, it was like it forced you to be so grateful for the opportunity i met some really cool people and and then ended up killing a deer two weeks later that I never really expected but it's like it's like almost like God was like rewarding me because I was so so aware of everything acknowledged everything and like just enjoyed enjoyed the creation of it and mm -hmm. I don't know that's the lesson really is just to be really and I, I I always thought I was really good at that but like I'm really really intentional about that now even like last week when we went duck hunting and it was snowing like I, I can, ca I remember catching myself going, man, you got to look for ducks, dude. Like I literally was sitting there and it was snowing and I'm like, dude, you should be looking for ducks. And I'm like in a day, I'm in days, you know, I'm in a daydream, just like soaking it in. So yeah, man, that's very similar to, to kind of your thoughts. And I'm looking forward to next year too, just more to the point of just enjoying more of Texas and getting out to Pennsylvania and all these things. But it's, it's, Yes. Do I want to kill a mature deer every single year? A hundred percent. But like it, at the end of the day, it's, it isn't ever about that. So yeah. every year I, I, I get more aware of that. And every year I love hunting even more, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. I think the simple phrase to that is just keeping your head where your feet are and keeping your mind where your feet are. Cause there, if you get ahead of yourself um, and it's kind of like what we were saying earlier when we were sitting in a stand, like, if you start thinking of the next thing that can happen, mm -hmm. your mind's never going to be settled. And I think mm -hmm. that's the same way in life is, you know, if we just keep our head where our feet are, and we just take care of that minute or that moment. Um, I think we'll be pretty satisfied with what happens. And, and when you look at our relationship with Christ, um, you know, tomorrow's not granted and, and whatever is coming down the road, it, it could be good. It could be bad. But if you take care of your faith today um, and live your life that at the end of the day, he says, well done, good, faithful, faithful servant. 
you can't not be content with mm-hmm. that, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's good. It's good. Um, I would say mine's kind of like two part. They kind of go hand in hand. Um, something that I've talked a lot about over the past, I don't know, two seasons, three seasons, is the idea of just like loving the entire process of hunting. Uh, I think that a lot of times we forget that, um, you know, hunting is not just like killing a deer. There's so many pieces that go into it. It's the scouting. It's the, um, you know, trying to look at maps. It's the hunting part. It's the, it's just the camaraderie. It's like every part of the process that goes into it. So trying to love the process. And after last season, I felt like I was at a pretty good place with that. Like really just loving, like every single time I got an opportunity to do something hunting related, like I really truly loved it. And it just wasn't about like just killing, like just loving the entire process. Like I really did. And then this season, I felt like, you know, because, you know, well, a part of hunting that everybody experiences at some point is is shooting a deer and, and not being able to find it. Like, if you bow hunt long enough, that's going to be part of it. Um, and I, I felt like that was just something God was trying to teach me. Like, you, you say that you love the process. Well, mm-hmm. here's another piece of the process that you might not love but you need to learn to continue to love the process. Mm. And so that was something that um, I'm still trying to work through. Um, But it was a really big lesson for me. Uh, I think the other part of it too is um, the other lesson this season for me was um, just trying to get a better understanding of just how truly blessed I am with everything that I have um, with, just the the time that I have to to get out in the woods. Um, I have a lot of, I I get to go hunting a lot, like a lot more than a lot of people Um, with like just the equipment that I get to use. Like, you know, I've been blessed, you know, financially in certain ways that I can have a lot of the equipment that I want. And that's, you know, a huge blessing. the spots that I get to hunt, you know, uh, the farm and other local spots and just like really just incredible spots and the deer that I get to chase on those spots, uh, the people that I get to hunt with and to share all of that with, um, who have a very similar mindset and do things very similar and encourage me and help me along the way. And, uh, just, just blessed. Um, and just, to you know, God's been really just helping me to see how blessed that I truly am. And it's not just about like one failure, another failure. Like that's not, it's not, that's not who I am. Like I'm blessed with, with everything that he's given me. And then ultimately, you know, um, you know, what matters most is, is just my relationship with him. Um, None of this other stuff really matters at all, to be honest. Like, I know my identity is him. My salvation is through him and in him. And I'm secure in that. And um, no matter what happens, whether you get to go out and you get to shoot, you know, the biggest deer or you get to go out and you don't see anything or you get to go out and you shoot the biggest deer of your life and you are at the highest of highs and you don't end up finding it and end up at the lowest of lows that's not what defines me. Like my identity is in him at the end of the day. Um, so I think that's probably like 
those those all those things kind of go hand in hand but that's probably like the biggest biggest lessons for me from from this season it's really good to hear you you know hear you talk through that and stuff because you and i haven't like even talked about it off the podcast you know to be honest just kind of just been letting you kind of kind of go and just figure things out and you know i knew that i knew that you would you know even though you had some tough moments and stuff like that about quitting hunting and things like that. And while I could have sat there and said, dude, you're not going to quit hunting. Mm-hmm. Like I knew that, it, you know what I mean? Like it just wouldn't yeah, have been the right thing. And I, thing. and I probably knew too, but in the moment it just didn't feel like that. Yeah, you know? for sure. For sure. Like it's real, it felt real. Like that felt like a real thing that I could do. Like, you know, but yeah. I think too, like it, it's pretty cool that God will put you through that situations to make you a better hunter or a better person. Cause I mean, one of the biggest things I learned at, uh, when I went to basic training in Fort Leonard Wood was they're creating atmospheres where you are going to fail and they're not there to boost your ego and they're not there so you can get this big head the idea is they're creating atmospheres for you to fail so you learn how to work through it because they can't trust you and in the same way God is doing that he's creating these or these opportunities where you're not going to succeed and it's not that he doesn't love you. It's not that he doesn't care for you. It's not that he doesn't want to see you succeed. He wants to see you succeed, right? But he's building you to be a better warrior for Christ. Mm-hmm. And That's if really we true. can't respond from those lowest of lows, how, are, how can he count on us when we're at the highest part of our life? I think mm-hmm. one of the biggest things when you look at athletes, it's super easy to give God the credit when we win, right? Mm-hmm. And, but when we're losing, are you still giving him credit? And I, I know a lot of people ask that question, but there's a reality to it. Um, because it would have been really easy day for you to say, like, I'm done. This season, we're just throwing it away. Nah. But we got back in the stand, and we, and we found opportunities. I mean, I look at the duck hunt um, when we went mm-hmm. up there on the river, and – we're having a blast. <laughs> we're not shooting ducks. Je- like, I am like, jealous. I am jealous. We weren't <laughs> shooting ducks and we missed some pheasants. And like, yeah. if you would have looked at us, you would have thought these guys don't hunt. Right? <laughs> I mean, it just looked like a crap show. Yeah. But, that, but we had fun. And, and the idea is we came back up from that. Yeah. Uh, sure. and, and it's pretty cool that we have a guy that's going to do that. And he's going to say, hey, I'm going to put you through this time, but I'm going to also hold your hand and walk, walk through that sure. situation with you. Um, sure. I mean, he, he's not going to leave you stranded. He's not going to leave sure, you. Abandoned. He's, he's going to try and get you back. So you're standing firm on that rock. Right. True. True. Yeah. He uses these things for, for his glory and, and we just have to kind of work through them and, and figure out what that looks like. And um, I have no doubt that, I will grow grow from this, you know, for my whole season, and uh, you know, already have some ways that I think that can uh, advance the kingdom through through the season that I had. So, um, all right, I have one last question for you guys. Um, I get one it, for you too. Oh, why don't you go? And mine's a mine's okay. an easy one. So you so go. I, don't, I haven't been keeping score of time here. Keep yeah, we're going. Time, we're dude, going. How the heck? I know Did we go the whole podcast without talking about your brand new daughter that literally was just born. Like what the heck? I feel I like the worst friend ever. 
I, I definitely thought that was going to be one of the first talking points, too. Just didn't he didn't up. even bring it up. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I mean, dude, what is it like to be a father? Like, days of days it's, old. Man, it's it's crazy, man. It doesn't feel real. The whole thing like just doesn't <laughs> feel real. It doesn't, nope. man. Um, nope. Like a, a little person is like living in your house. <laughs> and you're solely responsible for like keeping it's, them alive it's wild right it's wild <laughs> but man it really is like the greatest gift man my it gosh is. it's incredible and like the whole like birth <laughs> process and it's just like man i don't know how someone can like go through this process and hold a baby in their hands and like not believe that like this was uh-huh. like created by a designer like uh-huh. how i just doesn't make any sense like uh-huh. like this person came like yeah it just blows my mind it blows my mind it does it's insane it is insane like it's yeah crazy but man it's, it's like been the, awesome did you send it's him awesome. the same picture that i got the first one where it looked like a selfie Oh yeah, the it nurse uh, looked like Dave was like so grossed out that he's like, "Hey, let's make this happen quick. Smile for the camera. All right, you're on. You're on your own." Like, <laughs> it's a good one. It's a good one. Dude, uh, but it's, man, it's, it's the been most. It's awesome. It's I, awesome. I was gonna say. I think I said to you. Maybe I said before she was born. Or I'm like, dude, if you talk about like, like people talk about miracles and supernatural stuff. You know what I mean? But it's the most supernatural miracle-ish. It miracle-ish. Is. It's a miracle. It is it a miracle. Is. But it like is for sure. It is. It's the closest thing I think that you could have to like Jesus literally performing a miracle. It is. Like it's, it's incredible. Just, it is insane. It's insane. Like, yeah. So, but yeah, but it's been awesome. It's been awesome. So she'll be out in the woods next year. So we'll see. Yeah. A little, <laughs> little Macy. Yep. Bryn yep. said, so Bryn said, Bryn said to me, uh, so when can Macy and I both go hunting together? And I said, well, mm. So you're pr- yeah, you're probably going to be 10 and she's probably going to be like five or six. So probably yeah. not for a while yet, but yeah, um, we'll get you started and you can be, a, you could be like a big mentor. To her. That's it. It's perfect. We will yeah. do that. We will. Be she's ready. That. Whenever you guys are ready, we're ready. I know. I know she is. Um, all right. So my last question, uh, simple question. I already know Corey's answer. Um, so I'm, te- I'm teeing you up on this one, but see what Nate says. Um, piece of gear you're most excited to start using next year mm. so Corey, you want to go first you gotta go check your meatloaf no i'm gonna go get my piece oh go get it all right so Corey, Corey's gonna go get it nate you, do you have any pieces of gear i can go if you don't have anything i do have something mm. piece of gear first, so i'll go first so um so um i have been like really trying to lighten everything that I'm doing, like trying to get into the woods, like really get light. Um, so I'm switching to like a, it's made by Lone Wolf Custom Gear. They have like a stand and sticks. It's very low profile. It's very light. Uh, so I'm switching to that this year and moving away from the muddies. Uh, and I'm really excited about it. I think it's going to, you know, cause man, Corey, you know, like getting those muddies and the sticks and your bow, like, man, I dread throwing that thing on my back. Like I dread it. And so, you know, hopefully this will help me be like, okay, I need to get all the way back into here. Like 
okay, I can do that now. Where like we talked about it last year, like the mountain, like just couldn't do it. Like you just can't do it. It's just Dude, way, uh, way too heavy. Especially when your buddy gets sick and then you got to bring two muddy stands out <laughs> a mile. That doesn't yeah. happen that often, but no, but it, it does, does happen, happen. It happens. Yeah, it's bad. Yeah, it's bad. We'll tell that story sometime. That's a good one. <laughs> but uh, but yeah. So that's for me. That's mine. Um, that's awesome. I'll let Nate keep thinking. Corey, dude, I'm pumped. I'm he's, pumped. He's about going this. for it. I'm he's pumped. going for it. <laughs> this is my it just arrived like two weeks ago. Is that a diaper? <laughs> There it is. The my tethered, my tethered mantis hunting saddle. So I am. Yeah. So I'm going. I'm going to try saddle hunting this saddle hunting this year. I'm pretty pumped about it because, um, so a couple of years ago I switched over from, and I know this is like, when I say it, there's probably going to be people thinking this is like a controversy, but. <laughs> I switched to a, a climbing harness a couple of years ago instead of my, um, instead of like a summit. Shoulder like, harness? Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of reasons. I don't want to get into it right now, but I switched to that and I love every second of it. And I actually did do a little mountain climbing when I was younger. But so I just love because of anywhere, but like public land, doing a lot of public land hunting. And especially this year, you know, I hiked in a lot. And it would have been really useful at the Hagerman. I could use the saddle in that in that tree or a couple trees. And there's just not a ton of great trees in areas that I'm hunting right now. And I want to be lighter. One of the things to the, your point, Nate, is I did uh, I didn't do a ton of self filming this year because um, because of that. I actually didn't want to carry a ton of stuff in. Yeah. But I feel like I I will do more. Um, if I can have a saddle and not have to carry a whole stand in and all that stuff mm -hmm. and trying to figure out how to get in there and I can go deeper in. Uh, so I'm excited, man. I'm going to try saddle hunting and hopefully, like, you know, well, you know, I won't totally just use it. I mean, I'll, I still love my muddy, but yeah. So I'm going to give it a shot and see what, see, see what happens. I like so, it. I like yeah. it. Nate, what you got? What do you got? Well, I'm a couple years behind you guys, but, um, dude, it I could be, it could be a bow hanger for all I care. <laughs> Well, no, that's exciting I'm, dude I'm that's excited exciting you're uh hand me down muddy because there you I, go i've been chugging or lugging around this 50 pound climber oh yeah make a ton that. of noise and yep. toward the end of the year i mean i got a hawk stand um i ended up leaving it at, at a private property in maryland and just leaving it up because then dave allowed me to use this money but i'm just i'm excited go that route this year because like we said yeah. with the efficiency and stuff and just being lighter um it, it's gonna be a world of difference with the muddy and the sticks sure. uh and and being able to get into trees that i haven't been able to get into um because it's pretty easy to pick out the big blob in the tree with no mm -hmm. leaves because that's all the tree you can climb and For then sure. i think my big goal uh which will probably happen over summertime is getting a new camera right now i've got a dslr um a new camera for the filming because as much as the hunting has been awesome i've been loving the filming part this year um i've put up a few videos and they're not the greatest of quality but it's just it's cool being able to share the experience um and do that stuff and would definitely encourage it to anybody but yeah, I'd say those are probably the two things that I'm looking forward to for next year. That's right. awesome with the muddy. You're gonna love the muddy, man. I it's mean, I, I love it, yeah, and we'll have to. Um, 
you have to let me know because I've figured out some really good ways to pack that thing and still carry camera gear where it's, you know, it's not like not having a stand, but I can, I've figured out some good ways to pack it. So, right. um, and if you ever need a pack out too, he can help you with that too. <laughs> One thing I have, I'll make this real quick. I know we're definitely stringing this out, but the, uh, the thing where people take in like one stick mm-hmm. and then they do like they attach it to the foot yep. and mm-hmm. that would be something that I'd be curious to, I'm going to, I'm, gonna I'm, not, I'm to not there that. yet. Yeah. I'm not yep. there yet. I'm going to, I'm going to learn how to do that this year so I can carry two sticks instead of four. Yeah. I'm going right. to go two sticks. Um, yeah. It's called a something and a, well, there's an aider, an aider. It's an aider. Yep. That's what it is. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, I'm gonna give that a shot this year too. So I'll keep yeah. you posted. Dude. The thing I'll is, go make like all the mistakes. Yeah, wouldn't be bad. But getting down would be the part where I'm like, I'm just gonna. Hey, someone bring me three more sticks. Right. <laughs> right. Help me get down. I'll make all the st- I'll make all the mistakes. Fall a couple times, and then you'll be good. Yeah. Like, you learn from my mistakes. <laughs> perfect. So, perfect. Cool. All right, we need to wrap this thing up. Or I don't, I don't I don't have a clock on here, but I mean it could be three hours. For yeah, we're six so. hours in right now. I think but. we're gonna wrap. I think we're yeah. gonna wrap, but um, man, any final thoughts here before we get out of here, um, or any updates? Uh, anything we want to talk about? Oh, we have, we won't tell yet. Oh yeah, but keep an eye <laughs> on our social media because we have yep. something that has been in the works. I feel like we've been talking about this for years. Nate has been really driving this home for us, and we're just super excited. It's a really, really big announcement for us. So keep an eye on our social media. I would say within the week, we're at. January 14th, I'd say by so, January 20th. Yeah, so once this podcast is live, so as we're watching it, it should it'll, be live. It'll yeah. be announced like probably a couple of days after that, I would say. Yeah. So. so that's going to be huge. Um, we also have our youth turkey hunt coming up, which we always talk about every year. So just throwing it out. If you know anybody, you know, please reach out to us. We're always looking for, for a good candidate for that. Uh, and then also something that we still want to kind of do more of is the speaking engagements at churches, at game dinners, and uh, use some of our stories and, and different things to um, kind of share the gospel. So if anybody has uh, hosted a game dinner or knows a game dinner and can put us in touch with somebody for this year or even just for future years, if you know anybody, please reach out to us and um, you know put us in touch with them because we love those opportunities. So. Yeah, anything sure. else anything else you guys have before no we just uh make, make sure you go to our youtube page we do have even though we have some content we got to put up yet the this is hunting kind of series we do have some stuff we're gonna be putting out there like i said i'm working on the Hagerman uh video it's gonna be a little bit longer than probably three minutes just because mm-hmm. it's a lot but gonna finish that up and um you know we got some couple other ones coming out so just subscribe so that you know obviously when we put content out you guys see it and uh of course our facebook and instagram pages um we're getting close to a thousand on instagram and we're not like 900 so gotta get there yeah gotta get there so well listen thank you guys for listening thank you guys for following along we really appreciate it if you've been following us for a while um and we don't know who you are reach out and say hi we love meeting new people and talking to people if we can help you with anything or share some stories whatever we just love connecting with people um so so feel free to reach out anytime um but thank you guys for listening hope you guys learned something new and we will talk to you in the next one see you guys thanks for listening be sure to like us on facebook 
follow us on Instagram, and subscribe to our YouTube channel to stay up to date with everything happening at Rooted Outdoors.